Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, January 12, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, let's go over the bigger picture first, and then we'll drill down to the smaller picture, which gives us a better sense for what to expect going into the next couple of days, for example. As usual, we're going to take the daily chart first and see what's jumping off the page. Has anything changed? Well, yes, the first thing that jumps off the page at me is the fact that now we've closed back above all the moving averages. They've recaptured the 20 and the 50 period moving average, and that line running across the screen at 473.40 looks like we hit it on the nose today. However, they came up 20 cents short of my number. What was my number? It was from inside the numbers where I was willing to short the market today. We're going to talk further about that in a moment. Of course, we always have to look at both sides of the tape. So on one hand, we have the higher low scenario that we've mentioned several times. Now we have recaptured moving averages. That's another one on the bull side of the ledger. The weekly chart is above all the moving averages. They've been essentially eating time off the clock. Nothing wrong with the weekly chart. Another one on the bull side of the ledger. What's on the bear side of the ledger? Well, there's a couple of things. A, we have this area here where the market ran up, rejected, ran up, rejected, ran up, busted through, didn't stay very long, came back, now is running back right to that area, and you'll notice that that's the same zone, A, we've talked about this before, and B, on the other charts, 240, 120, we've also discussed other reasons why the general zone where they went today and found overhead resistance today was in fact going to be the case based on the previous videos. We took a look at that spot last night, and we discussed it. So the bottom line from this area standpoint is the market thinks that this area is important. So if it gets back above it, that really signifies more of the bull case. Now let's talk a second about getting above it. Is there a specific number? Well, it's really a zone. We could take this pivot eye here at 473.54 and say, well, that's important. And this high here is at 472.87, so it's in that zone where the market is now finding overhead resistance. But what else do we have? Well, remember, we have this big breakdown candle from the 5th of this month. So we talked about this yesterday. They're climbing up the big breakdown candle. Can they get to the top? Are they going to stall out halfway home for these reasons? The 240 chart, we had the 20 period moving average, they spiked it through into this zone, was going to be overhead resistance. 120 chart, 50 period moving average, overhead resistance. Now, let's take a look at this chart, and it's one of two things. Which one is it? Is it a move higher and bullish, flaggish pattern in development? That's option number A. Or... And we'll go to a shorter time frame to depict this one. Here's the hourly chart. Is it a move down in a breakdown candle formation and a bearish flaggish pattern from here 
from a shorter term perspective. So there's your flagpole, there's your bearish, flaggish formation. Now if that's going to continue, they'll come into this 200 period and 20 period moving average around 467 from a symmetrical standpoint, maybe a little more, but that would be the thing. And, by the way, not to confuse the issue, but we must stay neutral. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. So let's just say that's the case. So it come down into these moving averages, and we find price here tomorrow, for example. Well, then what do we have is a move up in an A leg, a move down in a possible B leg. We don't know where it would be. Maybe it's down here. Possible B leg that would set up for a potential C leg to complete above the high of the A leg. If this sounds like a foreign language to you, these are the type of things that are taught in the course Lazy E-mini Trader. That was essentially a taste test. It's all about what specific time frame are you looking at? What's the dominant thing at present? Are they headed down but on a short-term basis? but are they headed for a pullback type of pattern on a longer-term basis, remaining in a bullish formation? These are the type of things that we have to analyze. We have to look around the horn. We have to look around the world. We have to look at all different time frames. Remember, time is more important than price. We discuss that all the time. I teach that specifically, again, in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. If you don't understand how time works, you're at a disadvantage. Back to the bigger picture. What turns the tape bearish? How do you recognize the things falling apart? Well, it falls apart below the low from the other day for sure. But before that, start getting below 465 and something has changed. Let's check out what happened inside the numbers today. It was just a morning session. And by the way, here's a 10-minute chart, and you can see in the afternoon, very tight range. They didn't do anything. It was a chop shop formation. There's nothing to do when the market's doing that. You're better off doing something else. This is a morning business predominantly. 90% of the time, your business is done within the first 90 minutes of the trading day. That's when the volume's in the market. That's when the participation is in the market. That's when the trades can be had for the most part. So it was hump day. They're already pushing to the next big fat round number. That was early in the morning. Next, we've got the zone discussed in last night's video. 472 to 473.50 is the bigger zone that should be magnetic enough to draw a price in. Well, that obviously happened. If they conduct an early shakeout operation, 468.50 down to 467.50 is a zone of support where a bull bear battle should ensue if visited early in the session. We always have to look at both sides. And by this, I mean today, I didn't have the number right on the downside, and I didn't have the number right on the upside. They came up short of my number. They went to somebody else's number. We come back tomorrow in uniform, ready to go. Below that, it's a real-time type of thing. They didn't get below that, so it doesn't matter. And it was somewhat of an early floater, so there were a lot of stocks not moving, just floating around, which limited the opportunity. We'll circle back to stocks on the move a little later. There's a service announcement. It was going to be a half a day regardless of what the market was doing anyway. Sometimes you just have to do stuff.
in the morning, they were getting a goose operation up into that zone. Where's the resistance and a number that would normally provide either a stopping point for the bulls or a reaction in the other direction? And again, the bottom end of my zone was 473.40. They made a high today of 473.20. That was a bit of a stinker. I was waiting to short the tape up in that zone. And as you can see, when they got up there, mine was short, obviously, or my number was short or long. They had a pretty good rejection from there, almost coming down to the other zone on the other side, discussed in the pre-market at zero dark 30. Let's see what else we have as the day started to get underway. Already before the open, I'm saying I'm a willing participant on the short side if they reach 473.40. I knew that was going to be overhead resistance up there, just wasn't able to pinpoint the number today. DGX did the deal quickly, one minute into the day. We'll circle back to those. Still wanting to take a short if they can push into the zone, 933. Then they started to go back and forth. Again, I'm going to scroll up, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts. I was focused on 473.40. They never got there. We knew about the zone from last night's video, so nothing should be a surprise. And that's why I reiterated in the pre-market notes. It's like the pre-game warm-up. The zone is magnetic, it's important, should be overhead resistance. It was, I was just short in the number today, or long, whichever one it is. I'm going to scroll up, you can read the rest of the notes, there's not that much more, it was just the morning session. They went back down to fill the gap, we knew about the gap, it's a trader's choice type of trade, if they spike it, 489 is in the cards, little typo there, it should be 469, everybody knows that. And by the way, low of day, 468.94. So we got one number right, and then they floated around and upward from there. So what I was saying here is, traders willing to buy the gap have to buy again down around 469. So that worked out if anybody did that. I didn't do it because I was leaving, I had to go, so I just made the notes for the rest of the morning session, and I just moved on. So you can read the rest, pause the video, go back to the charts, and double check the work. We had four potential opportunities on the board, DGX, Jeff, Lilly, and Biogen, B-I-I-B. Two hit, two did not. We'll take a look at DGX and Jeff. You had to be quick on DGX. They gave it to you right away. You had to take it. Otherwise, you were floundering in that zone for a while. Then they dripped away. So they did the deal officially, had to be quick. They did it in a minute, and that's just the way it works sometimes. And Jeff... Blew through the first number, went to the second, and you can see what happened. So it was really the second number ended up around a break even if you bought the first and the second. But here's the deal. So it really didn't work. That's the bottom line. Can't classify it as a shit burger. It just didn't work. But what happened today on JEF is there were execution problems. Both actually, some traders had execution problems on DGX. Some traders had them on Jeff. I happen to have an execution problem on Jeff. And sometimes it works in your favor. Most of the time they don't. Today it happened to work in my favor. How's that? I had an order in before the opening bell to be executed after the opening bell at 38.60. Guess what? It never got executed. I never got into the trade. When it went down below 38, I canceled the order. I wasn't sure what was going on. I was watching for a while, and then I just moved on. I'm certainly not going to chase a stock around where they just handed me a gift by not filling the order. 
I think, and this just comes from where I sit, I think that's common sense 101. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, it was down. So guess what? It's my favorite market leading indicator. Was not up along with the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, the Dow. Why is that? Well, we don't need to know why. All we need to know is that they can't get back above the 20 period moving average, which is the last moving average in a line of four. Maybe they pop right back over it tomorrow, but this is telling you there's weakness out here. When you look at the weekly chart, you say, here's a convergence of the 50 and the 20 period moving average. They're trading below it. They're going back and forth in a bearish formation, like a flag type of pattern, a move down from the high, going sideways creates a flag pattern. Doing so underneath these moving averages can't be viewed as bullish behavior. Again, that's in the common sense camp. Last line of defense, this low from the week ending 1224, below is 208.76, that's your Irene number. What's Irene for the folks that are new over here? Good night, Irene. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Well, again, this index was down, the IWM is down. The IWM is my favorite leading indicator. This is number two, it's my favorite canary in the coal mine. So this hasn't been bouncing with the market. Is that a canary in the coal mine? Well, it's certainly a puzzle piece and on the table. There's nothing definitive with the transportation average chart. Let me explain. So on some charts, we say we have higher lows or lower highs, whatever it is. Here, we have a low, a lower low, a higher low. So there's nothing really going on here. The weekly charts above all the moving averages, so there's nothing bearish here. I suppose on this spike, you could say, well, they're making a bearish kind of something pattern, but that was a one-time wonder type of spike based on one stock. I believe it was Car Avis Budget, if I'm not mistaken. And it skewed the transportation index for several days. In fact, it's still skewed because this is a anomaly type of candle. On the weekly chart, we're just going to have to say above all the moving averages, there's nothing bearish on the tape. And then back to the daily, you're in between a convergence of set of moving averages. So you have the convergence of the 50 and 20 and the 100 and 200, you're smack dab in the middle. So there's nothing definitive on this chart telling you which way it wants to go. When you have that type of situation, you move on to the next chart. Sometimes you move on to the next index or whatever you're looking at. Other times you move on to a different time frame. And if you see here on the 240 chart, we have a bit of a breakdown candle a bearish flaggish pattern underneath three of four moving averages sandwiched in between still. But again, this isn't bullish. This is bearish. So if this goes lower into this moving average, they're testing this low. If they give up this low, that's trouble for the transports. Just keep in mind, favorite canary in the coal mine. That's why I'm spending so much time. Even when there's nothing definitive, I want to look at a variety of different angles on the transports, especially when we have divergences out in the market. The S&P, Dow, and NASDAQ are up. IWM and transports are down. Divergences, they will get back to square, meaning the divergences will resolve themselves. The question is, do the other three indexes catch up with these two or the vice versa thing? What about the tech space, the Qs? Headed up into those moving averages, into that big breakdown candle, 
haven't reached the high, haven't reached the moving averages yet. Are they done with the bounce, or is there more gas in the tank? Well, they're in no man's land in between these moving averages, right smack in the middle of the breakdown candle. Are they going to try and go up into the moving averages and the high, or are they going to fail and go back to run a test of the 100 period moving average and some other stuff from shorter time frames? We don't know. There's nothing definitive on this chart. Ah, we have that situation again when we go to another chart. Here's the hourly, and what do we have? Same routine we just discussed before on the SPY. Is it this going on, and they're going to have another move higher? Or is it the opposite from a shorter time frame? They had a move down from today's high, bit of a reversal even on a shorter time frame. This is going to move down into the 20-period moving average and maybe create an A, B, and possible C leg completing above the high of the A leg. You have to know all the possibilities where the umpire calling balls and strikes. So if they're headed in one direction, you know what is playing out. You have a beat on the competition. You're not first looking at it and trying to figure out what's going on in real time. That puts you behind the eight ball. How about the XLF? Anything going on here? No, not really. Down two cents. That's a rounding error. We're not going to make a federal case out of that. We're just going to move on. Remember we talked about this last night? You have the big breakdown candle, which happened to be the high. What did they do today? They busted through the high, and they came down and closed where? Inside of the breakdown candle. The high is 41.46. They closed at 41.42. Are there any accidents or coincidences in the market? And the answer is no. But let's call it what it is. They're around the highs. Today was the high, so basically they're at the highs. You can't really do anything with that. Smash mouth into the moving averages, closed above the moving averages. Again, no accidents or coincidences, so that goes on the bull side of the ledger. Are they going to climb up this big breakdown candle? The high is 313.88, somewhere in between 312, 311, 313. Somewhere in that zone, they can certainly make a push. If the tape is bullish and everything's driving forward up north, the SMH or Smash Mouth will be doing the same. Back below these moving averages, and things change a little bit, you don't have that bull thing on the side of the ledger just the same. All in all, it was a pretty quiet day across the market, with Monday's reversal and finishing strong, follow through yesterday, not a wonder you didn't really get very far today, and they traded in a range for the majority of the day. That's really not out of the ordinary. Tomorrow will tell us more of the tale. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.